And we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, big thanks to Electrify America for sponsoring this episode of the Electric Podcast. They have the largest public fast charging network for electric vehicles in the U.S. Uh, we're going to have a little bit more to say about them later on the show, so stay tuned for that. But now let's, ju- let's jump in because we have a ton of news to discuss, and including breaking news, just came out a few hours ago. Um, new Cybertruck prototype, Tesla Cybertruck, spotted on the Tesla test track at Fremont Factory. Some big so changes. A lot of changes. Some small, some bigger ones. Uh, but we've been expecting to see the new Cybertruck for a little while now. Elon has been uh, teasing kind of an update coming um, early next year. Uh, no, I think he even said uh, during the earnings call, which should be like late fe- late, late January, early February. And um, he teased us with, oh, it's going to have four motors now, one on each wheel. It's going to have rear wheel steering on it. Um, so a, a few updates like that that he gave us. But we were waiting for a full new update. But now we already get a good idea of some of the changes. Sorry. Thanks to this uh, this video that uh, that was released today by uh, Mr. Chile. Chile, hey, hi, 100, I think, or AL 100. Rolls off the tongue. Yes, uh, he or she or they post regularly uh, drone flyovers of uh, Fremont Factory. And in this week's drone flyover, uh, they managed to catch the new Cybertruck prototype uh, testing on the test track. And uh, it gave us a brand new look at the vehicle. So some some of the design or features that changed or were added, uh, the most obvious one, the most talked about right now is this giant thing right there that they call the windshield wiper. Uh, I'm saying they call it because we've never really seen uh, something that big. I mean, maybe the, the it looks like maybe it's the same one on the Tesla Semi, really. It's it's that big. Quite large. And so a lot of people are calling it ugly. A lot of people are like, oh, this is this is great to have only one, but it's not tucked in in the bottom. Like, but that's also good in one way because it's, it makes it flusher for the from from the hood to the this giant windshield that they have on the Cybertruck. Like, look, to understand like how big this windshield here is, this picture is great here because look at the dashboard here. The dashboard starts here all the way, and you're you see it from the top here. That's where the steering wheel is. So it's 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 a big, uh, big windshield. Uh, so it needs a big windshield wiper. Now, this is a single uh, wiper blade design here, um, which makes us think that maybe it's something to do with the electromagnetic wiper system that Tesla patented. They actually just got the patent granted to them. Like it, That was filed like two years ago. They got it granted this week. Uh, and in the drawing of that patent, it shows a single blade system too. It shows also it can it can do two blades, but it's better designed for a single blade since you can have one like wipe all the way uh, from one side to the other through the electromagnetic system at the bottom. So it just goes like side to side on on a straight line, uh, which could be the case here. However, it, it looks like a swivel at the bottom here, and it looks like a dual swivel system at the top. So it might operate like a regular, just super large wiper too. It's not clear. But if you remember last week, we did report that Elon was like uh, teasing the fact that the Cybertruck is going to be a technology big wagon, that they're going to try to cram a lot of new technology in it. So this one might be one of them. I don't know. The other big change that's also obvious from this picture is right here. Uh, there's large side mirrors on the truck. 
So if you remember, the, the prototype was equipped with side uh, cameras instead that fed uh, videos into the car to act as um, to, to act as side mirrors, like to, to do the same purpose, but with uh, cameras so that you have lower drag on each side, better efficiency, longer range on a smaller energy battery pack. Uh, we we knew that this going to be a problem because this is dependent on regulation in Europe. They are ahead of us on this. They already approve a system using cameras instead of physical side mirrors. Uh, it's been discussed for a while by NHTSA and uh, other authorities in the U.S. and also in Canada because Canada often copies the the same uh, protocols as in the U.S. But uh, hasn't been approved yet. Though, if you remember, Elon has been talking about delivering the trucks with easily removable side mirrors and having the system works with cameras inside. So apparently it's still the case. Now Elon is saying that you, you the owners can just do whatever they want the car and modify them. I don't know if you can actually remove your side mirrors and don't expect to be stopped by, by cops. I don't know. Uh, that's going to be up to you to try. Uh, a few few changes. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. Like this is a drone. Like uh, kudos to Chile uh, AI one hundred. I mean, he, 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 <laughs> the guy. If you look at all his videos, he does sometimes some weird like close up. Like he he's gonna close up on like on a Tesla truck driver or something for no reason. I don't know. It might be like an automated system that does that that like just zooms in because the tracking is very good. But it's the, the thing he zooms in <laughs> sometimes are, are kind of strange. But he did zoom in pretty good on the, on the cyber truck. Giving us some nice angles, but it's not angles that we're initially used to see from a cyber truck. So it's it's hard to compare them sometimes to the the um, original prototype. But here from the back, you get a good look at the bed, which a lot of people are saying is looks smaller uh, than six point five uh, feet, which was the one that was Tesla was saying the original one was. So I don't know. This this could be a big deal. Uh, remove like uh, that, that's a. What a lot of people are complaining about the Rivian R1T, it's not as big as a 5.5, I think, in Rivian. And that one feed can have a big difference on a lot of things that you can carry or not carry in the in the truck. Um, would also be a game changer for the uh, Cyberlander camper that uh, we, we talked about earlier this week because they're raising money at the insane $400 million valuation. Um, but that's another story. <laughs> A few different changes to uh, the, the bumpers. The bumpers have been, they look a lot more normal than the, the very aggressive one that we saw in the original prototype. Like this is probably driven by regulation, just like the mirrors. Really, a lot of the changes seems to be <laughs> driven by regulation yep. <laughs> in this case. Uh, we're going to get to the next one right here. Uh, that's the headlights. So if you remember, the, the original Cybertruck had the headlights. There was a continuous uh, stream of lights in the middle here. So it looked like one giant line, which was super cool, super futuristic looking. We didn't know at the time that that might be a problem with regulation too, to have just one giant stream of light. Um, now it looks like this it's gone, or at least it's not on uh, in this particular prototype. Uh, it has been replaced with three little ember lights here. That's, that's apparently regulation for trucks that are wider than 80 inches. So looks big, like... Big boy. Yeah. Looks like Tesla couldn't get away with just one stream of lights on, on this. You know, it's weird though. Like uh, Rivian, like they've got their stream of lights. Uh, they have two major headlights, and then they mm-hmm. have a line across. So I wonder if that's going to be something Tesla does. Also, wasn't there a light bar at the top too? Yeah, it might be still there, not on. Might be like just a night thing. Yeah, uh, it's hard to see. The, you have the other angle here that's really good too. 
uh, getting going on the, at the side. It looks like um, the trim here has been adjusted to. Uh, I mean, this angle looks pretty good. I think. I think the, the, I have not many complaints from from this angle. I think it looks pretty cool. But I've been I've been a fan of the design since the beginning. I know it's a very polarizing one. A lot of people think it's super ugly. Other people love it. Uh, the tunnel here, the the bed cover is uh, either completely retracted or just not there. To me, it looks like it's not there because I, I feel like you could see it. I mean, a little bit maybe on this angle, but you you really don't unless it, like goes in completely flush like that, which would be cool. But we know that Elon has been teasing a a retractable uh, cover that's super strong, like you can stand on it, which he did with the, on the Gileno show, and uh, and also with solar embedded in it. Though the prototype didn't have that. But in the production version, it's supposed to have that. So I don't know if you if you guys have any other spotted any other differences. Or you, we posted the whole video on Electric. You can go check it out. But if you spot any other differences, put it in the comment section, and we can discuss them at the at the end of the show. Uh, as we always do, we discuss your comments, your questions, and everything. Also, if you do like the show, please give us a like right now and subscribe to the podcast. It's really appreciated. And uh, if you're listening. As you all need, you can give us uh, a five-star review. That's That helps the show a lot more than you can think. And it's free to do. Just a little reminder. Uh, next story. So we, we're going to get probably more details in, in next month uh, during the earnings call about, about the truck. Uh, but we're going to keep an eye on other prototypes showing up because uh, still a year away from production. But uh, things are going to move faster, I think, in that year. Um, speaking of changes to Tesla's vehicle program, Model 3, Model Y, apparently are getting a lot of new features in the new model year coming. At least from China, vehicles coming from China. But as it has been the case over the last two years, we've seen Tesla introduce a lot of changes first to the Model 3s and more recently the Model Y made in China. And later they made their way to other uh, to the one uh, being built in Fremont and now I guess Berlin and, uh, and Texas soon. So Tesla, uh, even though the, the car now that they being, are being exported or imported in, in, in Europe or um, being produced at Gigafactory Shanghai, so Tesla has to test them with the European regulators, particularly the, in the Netherlands. And uh, they have to disclose when they're making change to those cars so that the change can be tested and the cars can be approved uh, on the road. So now uh, on the European Tesla forum, a bunch of those changes from a test vehicle has been leaked. And uh, it shows, like you can see here, a long list of changes. But uh, let's let's go over, like a lot of them are like fairly small. So let's go over the most uh, significant ones. Uh, one of the big one is uh, the first one on top here. Low voltage, 15.5 volt lithium uh, ion battery. So Tesla is replacing the uh, lead acid batteries for the 12 volt or in this case, really 15.5 volt system uh, with a lithium battery. So that's that's great news. Tesla has already done that with the Model S and X. So it looks like this is coming to the Model 3, Model Ys too, uh, at least from the one that are coming to Europe. So again, that, those are the ones that are made in, in China, but eventually that should be also the ones that are made in uh, in the US. The uh, it, it confirmed also that the, the AMD Ryzen chip that we discussed last week that showed massive improvement uh, on the center display responsiveness and, and, and just processing time uh, that right now, as far as we know, is only being installed in the Model Y performance. It's also going to come to the Model 3. So at least the Model 3 performance, but it wasn't clear from the from the, the leak there 
but it might come to all uh, vehicles too. It's not clear. So it's already in the Model S and X, Model Y performance. It's going to come at least on Model 3 performance, but maybe all Model 3s and Model Ys too, which would make sense because like, yeah. this is just a computer. Like Tesla doesn't want to uh, deal with having different chips on all computers. And maybe they have a good deal with AMD where they can actually like supply the chips, which has been an issue, as we know, uh, across the industry for, for a while now. Rear door laminated glass. So the rear door is getting the double glazed laminated glass for acoustic performance, just like the front door uh, in the in the previous version of the uh, Model 3 that was first introduced. Well, first introduced in Model Y and then uh, 2021 Model 3. The super horn that they call so it's a three-in-one horn. It has alarm, speaker, and the horn. Uh, so that it sounds to me like when they, when they say the speaker, they, they, it's the external pedestrian speaker that Tesla has integrated into the. Is there a name to that feature? I don't think there's a name to that feature, but it lets you basically play outside pre-recorded sounds or music. Like you have a few options that you can play from the horn or from. Uh, uh, through the external speaker that are normally meant for the pedestrian sound warning. So it looks like now Tesla is integrating all of those into the horn system, call it Super Horn. Model Y is getting an upgraded interior infrared camera. Uh, we know that Tesla has been uh, changing a lot of cameras lately, that, so interior radar too. Uh, that That's radar that was to detect if, if like there's someone in the vehicle or not. Um, so for the alarm system, Tesla had that in other uh, in other vehicles too, Model S and X. Uh, what else? Uh, Model Three performance is getting a new rear motor. Uh, same in the Model Y performance in China. It's apparently a little bit more powerful. Nothing too crazy, uh, but likely going to allow a higher top speed. And then a few smaller changes, uh, just uh, regulation about the vehicle, the, the the Model Y that are going to be coming out of Gigafactory Berlin, all the differences and everything that's uh, going to have to be approved, but uh, nothing nothing too crazy. Is there is there a database of this of all changes like always ever like since the beginning? I've seen those uh, being updated in forums every now and again, uh, but at this point, it's it's getting pretty hard to track. I think, right? Uh, especially if you go like just like this is for just a new model year here, right? Um, I I mean, some of those could already be in some vehicles. It's just like Tesla like didn't get them through the testing because I'm pretty sure like Tesla like loves this idea. We don't do refreshes, we don't do model year changes and everything. But in the last few years, they have, yeah, uh, and. Uh, they're probably figuring out that because of the regulations, because you have to get the cars approved uh, to uh, to all the different markets, and like there's so many bureaucratic hoops to go through, that a lot of automakers have figured out it's just easier to do it like that and just button them up and uh, have them approve uh, in, in one go. Makes makes a ton of sense. This this chart's an interesting too. It, it shows exactly like all the different models and the batteries that they're getting. So the standard range battery is coming from Panasonic, but also you have the different standard range for the CETL. We know the LFP uh, cells in there. Uh, Twenty. So they really tell you exactly what cells are getting. So the twenty one seventy. Yeah, yeah. The twenty one seventy C, twenty one seventy L. So that's probably just a different chemistries. Uh, and you have the long-range one that are also being produced by Passing, but you also have long-range being produced by LG. Again, this is all the cars coming from China. In the U.S., I think I do believe Passing might still have the uh, uh, 
well, no, apparently no. They they don't have all the exclusivity on the cars because of the LFPs coming also to uh, the standard range version of the Model Three. Wasn't LG making some of those as well? Uh, the only time I remember LG selling Tesla battery cells for a vehicle made in the U.S. was for the new Roadster. Huh. The no, not new Roadster. Sorry, the new battery pack, the latest battery pack in the old Roadster. So the three point battery. Oh, pack. the updated one. Yeah, that was a mm. while ago. No. All right, this one is not like that big of a news for us here, but I mean, I'm going to discuss it because the post kind of went viral. So some people definitely care about this. Uh, it's this uh, system of a floor locking device that Tesla has been implementing to prevent people from icing or blocking supercharger stalls. We reported on that two years ago when Tesla first started deploying this system in China and a few uh, a few different uh, supercharger stations. It's this this device here that can lock down and be, uh, be pushed up. And uh, when it was first deployed and up until now, you had to unlock it. You had to use this QR code here. You have to scan that. It brings you to a third-party app, and then you have to enter your, your information on that party app to unlock this device so you'll be able to park at the supercharger and then you from there you get the normal supercharger experience. So it does have a few steps. Not too big of a deal, but it, it does um, enter the supercharger experience, which is, as you know, generally pretty smooth. So what what happened is like in the last in the last few weeks I keep uh I keep track of all the supercharger station coming up and I kept saying that every new one in China as you can see on these pictures they started to get those 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 devices like every single station being open at the device so I'm like oh okay Tesla is really doubling down on this on this strategy here so I'm looking into why why is that happening and uh, I asked our friend Jay in Shanghai on Twitter who's uh, very uh, close very aware of uh, Tesla's market in China and um, what I found out is Tesla really integrated uh, well, actually, uh, credit to to uh, the first person to actually show us that. Who, who was it on our staff that found the assets in the hat? Um, that was uh, Kyle, I think. Kyle. All right. So yeah. shout out to I, Kyle. Kyle found those assets in the app. I'm like, what? what is this for? And it's all. Oh, and then I started looking. at This is, looked like it's for the floor lock. And then I see all these coming up on new supercharger. So I asked Jay. And sure enough. The uh, Tesla started this new uh, shut down the sound here. Integrated the whole system into the app, so now you just show up. You tell you open the app uh, at the supercharger station. It's already telling you, oh, you're at the supercharger station. It shows you all the stalls. You see the, the stall number on on the on the star itself. Well, they're showing the QR code here because this one that's actually have a QR code for the old old way to do it. But the the stall number is also on the pedestal themselves. And you just click on the one, and it's going to shut it down so you can park on it and charge. So it makes the whole experience a lot smoother than it was before. And because of that, it looks like Tesla is confident to deploy them at all superchargers. Uh, so far, it's only been in China. So we don't know if this is actually going to come to uh, to the U.S., to other markets in Europe. Apparently, the high sync situation is a lot worse in China. Uh, so it's a bigger problem there. So this is a, a stronger solution because of the of the bigger problem. And now, I mean, it's very de- dependent on, on different markets. Like, uh, I haven't had that many problems with heising here in Quebec. I don't know about you in New York, set, but uh, pretty rare, right? Yeah, pretty rare. And, you know, 
even like even if there was, uh, we don't have full superchargers that often, nearly as much as they do in California and in other yeah. high places. Yeah, a lot of the places have been uh, have been implementing fines, and they can be pretty hefty for um, not necessarily for a high, like high thing like it's internal combustion engine vehicle parking in a charging spot, but actually the 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 it's just as wrong to have an electric car parking in the charging spot and not charging is the same thing it's almost worse so, yeah <laughs> yeah you know you what you know doing. better yeah right. um so so there are uh, a lot of jurisdiction that have fines if you are parking in a charging stall that and you're not charging so whether you're an electric car or a combustion engine vehicle so in those places it's starting to be uh, and they often have like sign on it like don't park there or we're going to tow you and you're going to get charged uh, but it's not all places that have those rules. So for the places that don't have those rules, uh, Tesla has a solution ready to go. All right. So this thing came out this morning. A bunch of uh, our, our listeners and our readers in Europe started sending me this email that Tesla has been sending out to people that have a Model S or a Model X on order. Uh, they are saying that they are not taking any new order for the Molasin X outside of North America. So we're going to focus on Europe here because, well, of course, most of the listeners are not in North America or in Europe. And uh, that's uh, from where the emails came from. So this is in order to expedite the delivery of existing orders, including your Model X order. In this case, the, the owner had the Model X on order, the, the, the buyer, I should say. As much as possible, we are currently no longer accepting new orders for the Model S and X from markets outside North America. So, so this is interesting because it doesn't even make sense to start with. Like, How is not taking any new order going to make it so that you're going to get your car faster? The only way that works is if your reservation system in the first place doesn't work. <laughs> like, normally, the idea of reserving something is like you put your name in the list and the sooner you get your name on that list and you pay your deposit, the higher up you're going to be on that list and the sooner you're going to get your product, in this case, a Tesla vehicle. But we know in the last few years uh, that didn't mean anything for Tesla, really. Uh, to a degree, it does. Maybe if you're in California or the closest possible to whatever they are making, the car that you're buying, um, maybe that had some value. But for the most part, it, it doesn't matter anymore. It does like I just show it right now. Oh, we're not taking any new orders, even some that are coming in the year after you, and we're not going to put them in front of you because we're not taking the order at all. It's like, thank you, Tesla. <laughs> That's so nice of you. Well, um, to, to be fair, Ford just did the same thing with the F-150. And yes, but they have a better excuse at least because at least these are actual orders. So like, right. this Model X buyer here could have placed this order or a year ago. And right. it's an actual order for a car. Ford was uh, accumulated about two hundred thousand reservation for the four hundred four fifty Lightning, and now they're closing the reservation book. Sorry, and now they are uh, turning them into actual orders. And to their credit, they are following the order of the reservation, and they are contacting people to 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 convert them into orders. It's a, a much more extent intensive. Uh, process but it's it's uh, very good at converting reservation into orders and it's also very good into trying to keep track of who reserve first and whatever because it's going to be important for the f-150 lightning with two hundred thousand reservation which uh assuming that everyone places an order that's like 
three years of backlog. So <laughs> you want to, if you're at the top of it, uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah. So in the same email, Tesla then said that uh, they are expecting shipment outside of North America to begin in the second half of 2022. Uh, we, we, we expect that that's going to be Europe first, uh, especially since these emails were sent to European uh, buyers. But yeah, that means that uh, for the Model S and X, uh, the Europe is going to be without any inventory and not any new shipment for like a year and a half, at least, maybe more. So uh, this this what I think it shows that like Tesla has a giant backlog now in Europe and probably in Asia too of order for the Model S and X, and they're still working through the one that they have in North America. So they're like, all right, let's let's slow down here and figure it out really like to, to work through this bag luck a little bit because otherwise it's just uh, it, it's getting out of control. All right, I wonder what the, do, pri- uh, the prices of used uh, Model S and X are going to do. Most likely, they're going to go quite quite up, especially yeah, in, in Europe if, if they haven't already have. Right. You want to do a quick ad yep. read for Electrify America. This week's episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest coast-to-coast ultra-fast charging network with more than 650 charging stations and growing. It currently has plans underway for around 800 total charging stations with more than 3,500 chargers to be completed by December of this year. Hey, that's now. And it plans to have more than 1,800 ultra-fast charging stations and 10,000 individual charging stations installed by the end of 2025. That includes 50 kilowatt to 350 kilowatt chargers near highways and, 150, and up to 150 kilowatt chargers in metropolitan areas. The newly launched Electrify America mobile apps now offer contactless payment along with CarPlay and Android Auto integration, and you can save up to 25% on charging with the new Pass Plus subscription plans. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations, find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes, thanks, EA. If you guys have any questions, put them in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them in about 20, 30 minutes because we have to go through a few more news items. Moving on from Tesla, though it still affects Tesla. We've been giving pretty much every week some kind of little update on uh, on the uh, reform to the electric vehicle incentive in the U.S. because it's a big subject right now. It's supposed, or at least they are aiming to close it by the end of the year, so that applies for the whole year of 2022. Uh, what we learned this week is that uh, there's a, currently the review in the U.S. Senate because, of course, the bill already passed uh, the House, but now it's in the Senate, but it's expected to be updated a little bit. Oh, that's a nice hat we're getting here, the Aria EVCUV. I almost want to click on it and see what it does. <laughs> Not going to, but... Um, so the the of course the most controversial part of the whole bill like there's a lot of good for uh, in this well I mean I'm, I'm talking about just about the EV part of the bill of course the the actual Build Back Better Act is a two trillion dollar uh, bill so there's a lot of other things in it but when it comes to electric vehicles the uh, the controversial part is the forty five hundred dollar extra that goes to buyers of an electric vehicle that was produced in a U.S. factory where the workers are unionized. Um, so this has been criticized for a bunch of different reasons. We already discussed mo- most of them. But there's a lot of pushback, actually, on the international level because this is technically a protectionist approach. And uh, 
the U.S. as some um, what you call those uh, the treaties they have uh, uh, with, with other countries when it comes to trade, and uh, some of them are the, the, some of those countries believe that they are uh, violating those treaties uh, because of it. Uh, more specifically, Canada uh, is uh, is claiming that uh, it goes against the uh, well now. NAFTA, NAFTA but, well, but it's not NAFTA anymore. It's not the United States Mexico Canada Agreement. Um, so, so last week, uh, they they sent the Minister of International Trade, Export, and Small Business and Economic Development to Washington with the delegation to talk to the senators that are currently working on the bill to explain to them how they believe that it's violating NAFTA and that they shouldn't have this clause in the bill and. Uh, they didn't actually comment exactly on what's happening, but uh, they did say that they made progress and that they are talking about uh, changing this clause. So this is progress on that front. And then Bloomberg reported that uh, Senator Ben Cardin, um, who's, uh, who's on the committee currently reviewing, in, reviewing the bill, specifically said that the clause about the union factories is uh, subject to changes. So it's not clear if it's going to happen or not. But at the same time, I'll, while all this was coming out, you had the White House that released a video uh, where the where Biden was again hammering that this is bill going to be good for union jobs and was really hammering the union thing. Uh, we discussed already why the union part is not very that good, but like the most people because they they match together both the union thing and the, the U.S. factory thing. So that the the fact that it's going to be it has to be made in the U.S. Uh, is linked to the union, so so the the people that are anti-union or not necessarily anti-union, but the the, the automakers that are, don't have unionized workforces are, are against this. And on the other hand, you have also people that are making cars outside of the U.S. So companies like Ford, uh, I'm pretty sure that Ford is 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 for that that clause because they only have right now the Mustang Mach-E that's not being used being produced in the U.S. It's being produced in Mexico. But I think the Ford and 450 Lightning that's going to be produced in the U.S. is going to be a much bigger deal for them. And that 4500 will, will probably help a lot there more than it would uh, put the Mackie in trouble. But Canada, which to be fair, Canada has not a lot to complain about right now. It doesn't have much of a leg to stand on because there's not many electric vehicle production, if any, in the U.S., uh, in Canada. I mean, but I mean, I know Ford did make some investment to make some in the U.S., and uh, there's other plants that make cars in the U.S. that are expected to eventually produce electric cars. So they are car- kind of preemptively uh, wanting to uh, prevent this uh, the, the, this protectionist approach from the U.S. because it would affect uh, sales because most of the cars that are made in Canada are sold in the U.S. But yeah, so this is this is kind of the the update there. But then you also had Elon commenting on it and elon has a different approach so elon musk already um already said that uh he doesn't like this clause in the bill he said that it's it, it goes it, it, he said that it's it's targeting tesla because tesla is the biggest producer of electric vehicle in the u.s but he wouldn't get access to the 4500 because it, its factories is in fremont is not unionized so he was complaining about that but now it went another way went a step further uh, he's saying that the Senate should not pass the whole Build Back Better bill. In terms of the electric vehicle incentive, he specifically said that Tesla doesn't need the money, uh, the seventy five hundred that we, he would get from it. Um, so now, now, now this is this is the different thing now. So, so 
Like they don't need it, but their buyers might because it's the buyers actually getting that that money. It's not it's not a Tesla, so it, it would give more people access to to Tesla vehicles for sure. Because if you have a forty five thousand dollar car, you take seventy five hundred off. It's you expand your market significantly. Every trench of the thousand dollars that you take off the price of a car, it's several percentage point of the market that you gain access to. It, it's big. So, but Elon said to his to his credit, Tesla doesn't have access to it right now. Other automakers do, do, and Tesla is still the biggest in the market by a long shot. But his point about not passing the whole thing together was more about spending. Uh, he, he's worried about the federal deficit right now, and uh, he uh, he says that you should you should axe the whole bill because it would add about three billion dollars, three trillion dollars to the deficit, and uh, a lot of money to the debt too. Even though a lot of those spending are temporary, uh, his point is that there's nothing temporary about any kind of regulation that the government passed. They pass it, and then it just never goes away. Mm. However, when he was asked about, don't you think that we should spend on on infrastructure, like especially on the highways and airport and everything? And he did agree on that, but at the same time, he did say, so he's not against any kind of bill that would include a lot of investment in infrastructure. But I think he thinks this one is is too big, and and there's there's also incentive for a bunch of other things, including fossil fuel. So. Um, uh, the, the bill is certainly not perfect. Uh, I'm out of my depth if it's not about electric vehicles, obviously. So I'm not com- I'm not saying that he's right or wrong there. It's I, uh, out of my field. I kind of feel like, uh, you know, on, on a larger, you know, if you step back a minute, you know, Tesla did make quite a bit of money from, uh, not they didn't make money, but a lot more people were able to buy electric vehicles uh, over the past decade because of the $7,500 uh, U.S. tax credit, and of course, it's not fair that you know Tesla no longer gets it, and other companies do. Like there should be a level playing field. I I am fully in, in support of that, but I also don't think. I mean, I don't know. Like you, you kind of want to tax carbon, and everything else falls in line. But if you're not going to tax carbon, you're gonna kind of have to game everything else. Yeah, but. um yeah, I mean, it just it just feels a little bit disingenuous because Tesla Tesla has taken advantage in the past of lots and lots of government subsidies, not just for cars, but also for you know the Gigafactory. They they uh, you know got a lot of tax incentives there. I'm sure Texas, there's all kinds of tax incentives going on there. So, and I know in New York there was a ton there as well. So, it just feels a little little disingenuous. This new uh, Elon. Uh, character that you know, Texas guy is a bit of a change from the California guy. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did share with me an interesting chart this morning that shows where people like Elon Musk the most, and Texas was the biggest one by far. Yeah, that was interesting. Like the, he really took to the Texas crowd very much. Which, to be fair, the Texas crowd is pretty diverse. Like, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people like rural Texas versus like the cities. It's uh, very different. And he and he settled in Austin too, which is arguably the most liberal city. Not even arguably; it's like probably the most liberal city in Texas by any metric. Yeah, by any metrics, you're right. Uh, but yeah, I, like, the, but ultimately, so as you, you guys probably know by now, like, the Electric's mission is to like look uh, to, to 
report on the transition to the vehicle, uh, the electric transition to the transport and uh, energy sectors. And all, we also are biased towards that. We want it to accelerate. And uh, if you look at this bill and look, would it accelerate EV adoption in the U.S. or not? So the, the question is, like, you, you would think it, it would because you lower the price of those vehicles, you lower the access to the vehicles, uh, the, the price point financially, you open the market to more people. But right now we have a deficit in EV production. So if you start this new credit like tomorrow, it wouldn't change anything. Like it, right. Because no they one is make, ready for it. Like, nobody's making enough. enough yeah, money. already. Uh, it, it would, however, it would accelerate the investment into making more electric vehicles. And in the U.S. too, for sure, in the U.S. Because that, that's the thing. Even if you don't have this protectionist thing attached to, to the incentive, it still makes more sense to have them make closer. Like it, It's such big products. Like before, before electric vehicles, uh, it, it, the U.S. was still producing most of the cars that they were in the country. Like it's just the U.S. always had a strong automaker, uh, automaking industry. So... So, so there's there's good points there. Like he has a, a whole, but long term, I think like probably, especially in the next like maybe three years from now, it's gonna be big for the U.S. If this pass from like 2023 to 2026, like this is gonna be a big period where it makes an actual big difference to have this incentive. After that, I think electric vehicles have already taken over. It's not it's not it's not a problem. No one in the right mind is gonna want to buy a gas powered car. But uh, it, for that little period here, so it's, so it's hard for people to see it because it's not now and it's not in the long term either. It's like in the midterm thing, very temporary for a few years. But this few years could make a big difference, <laughs> uh, a big difference on the environment. But uh, for the auto industry, it's it's a live or die situation. If they don't extremely accelerate their electric vehicle investment, electric production, mass production of electric vehicles, they're going to go away. A few automakers, a few big ones are going to go away if they're not fast enough. And this could be like the actual signal, like we have to go do it. Those those uh, ban on gas-powered car sales in 2030, 2035, 2040, those are, are meaningless in my opinion. All right. Next one here. Speaking of investment in the U.S. for electric vehicle production, if I was to tell you, said that a foreign automaker is gonna is making a billion dollar investment in building a battery factory in the U.S. right now, which automaker, which foreign automaker comes to mind? Not Toyota, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yet it is Toyota. So this came out this week. Toyota confirmed that uh, they're planning to build a battery, an electric vehicle battery factory. Uh, in North Carolina, North Carolina, uh, more specifically, just outside of Greensboro, and uh, it's a 1.25 billion dollar investment that's going to create 1,750 jobs. They are talking. Uh, they didn't. Re- they didn't confirm the uh, production capacity in terms of a gigawatt hour, but they did say that it's going to produce 1.2 million batteries per year. That sounds awesome. You're thinking, you're telling me that Toyota is going to make 1.2 million electric cars per year in the U.S. Wait a second. They didn't. They, they did say that it, there's going to be batteries for hybrids, for 
if, for plug-in hybrids and eventually for electric cars. So knowing Toyota, majority of those batteries they're planning to make there are going to be for hybrids uh, because it's a lot easier to get to 1.2 million battery for electric vehicles per year with hybrids because a lot of them are less than 10 kilowatt hour versus the 50, 60, uh, 80 that you're going to need uh, for battery electric vehicles. So I, I think that's good. that's the, the the bad part of this announcement here. However, if Toyota ever finally get that change of heart and they they want to uh, and to make more battery electric vehicles, it's going to be easier to shift the capacity uh, from making batteries for a hybrid small batteries to bigger because it's the same cells, it's just smaller modules and smaller battery pack. They didn't also confirm the chemistries of the cells that they plan to to make them. We know that the Toyota has been big on solid uh, solid state batteries, so maybe that's going to be something to do there. But they didn't didn't say anything about the chemistry. The Hyundai Ioniq Five got uh, its EPA range uh, this week. It's uh, it's getting over three hundred miles for the rear wheel drive version, single motor rear wheel drive version. 303 miles on a single charge from the EPA, so that's 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 solid. good. It's a uh, that's solid. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a little bit more even than we expected. Uh, you get a big efficiency drop though if you go with the four wheel drive version. You get 256 miles, but it's still yeah, it's still, huge. Yeah, still good though. Still good, but it shows like uh, like they might be pushing those numbers a little bit. It's gonna be interesting to see uh, what we get in real uh, world experience, uh, which we're going to be able to share soon. Uh, we had Scooter drive the car in California uh, earlier this week. I don't think it's out yet. It's going to be out next week, I think. Uh, yeah, and we're, we're supposed to get the price. Yeah, so that's that's the big thing too. So they haven't confirmed the pricing yet. The car is supposed to come any day now. They were talking about uh, it was delayed from fall 2021 to winter 2021, which would mean <laughs> winter 2021 is a, is, is a weird thing to say because technically winter starts December 21st, right? Right. So if you're saying winter 2021, like technically. It's a nine-day period. Yeah, it's, it's nine days because uh, then it's winter 2022. After that, like whatever. Uh, this, uh, anyway, I don't know, but it should come by the end of the year. First, every we don't don't know like how much volume is coming to the U.S. Um, I mean, they've been selling these things like crazy. When we were in Germany, they were mm-hmm. <clears throat> they had tons at the dealer, but they were all taken, and uh, they they couldn't make enough of them, or they couldn't get enough of them. Yeah, the dealer went to in Germany was saying like a six month backlog, something like that. Yeah, and he had like uh, six on the lot as well. Yeah. So but they were all spoken for him, yeah. right? So yeah, we're waiting for the pricing on this. We're waiting from real world uh, range that we're getting in the U.S. But I mean, the experience has been good already in Europe. But uh, they did confirm towing capacity of up to two thousand pounds. Solid. Yeah, yeah, for a vehicle that size, I mean, it's they call it a CUV. Uh, it's almost hatchback level. Like, yeah, you're not going to put a huge boat on there. No, you're not. A small trailer. Oh, and that was also uh, interesting news this week. Uh, VW kind of uh, confirmed in a very like quiet way that uh, we're going to have a California camper uh, based on uh, an electric platform, most likely the ID, uh, ID bus, the mini bus, the electric mini bus that's coming next year. It's we, we suspected that a camper version would be coming, but uh, VW never confirmed it. However, this week they have this presentation that included a list of all their 
uh, European factories that are going to be producing electric cars. And if you look here at the Hanover factory, there's the Audi Artemis. That's the super efficient Audi that's going to come. A Bentley model. All right. That's going to, I don't know which one exactly. I probably know, but I forgot. There's so many electric vehicles coming out. I'm glad. That's like, I'm always, uh, always uh, pride myself in like knowing all the electric vehicles coming out there. And again, like now it's starting this too much. I'm like, uh, there's a few I'm missing. But the last one here is the interesting one, the VW ID California. So if you're familiar with uh, Volkswagen's lineup of campers, they're called California. So it's California Series 6, Series 5, and whatnot. Uh, it's it's this vehicle here. That's that's the new Series 6, I think. Uh, series 6.1, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a fully decked out camper system with a raised roof, with a bed there. And uh, you, you can have a bunch of different options on it and everything uh, to configure it as you want for your camping experience. And since it's the ID in front of it, and that's the, elect- the electric vehicle platform for for uh, for Volkswagen. So if there's an ID California, there's an electric camper coming from them. And of course, with the ID bus coming, it's already the platform perfect for for a camper. Uh, there's been a few electric campers on the market. I know the Nissan in Europe, they sell the NV, the ENV uh, with the camper edition, but it's really limited to a few market. And of course, the range is not is not great. With the ID uh, Buzz um, coming with a uh, 100-plus kilowatt-hour battery pack, you're going to get some decent range out of it. Uh, so you can get an actual like van life experience, all electric, zero emission, which would be awesome. No pricing, of course. Uh, there's been reports that the ID Buzz is going to start at less than fifty thousand dollars, but the Camper Edition is going to most likely be a lot more expensive than that because uh, there's going to be two battery pack of the ID Buzz, so you're going to want a bigger one probably for the camper, and then on top of it, just the camper configuration is like adds like twenty thousand dollars or plus to the minimum to the to the price for the gas-powered version. So I would assume that something similar is going to happen for the electric version too. So I wouldn't expect to get it out of it, out of the lot with anything less than like seventy, eighty thousand dollars. But still, we're starting to get some options for all electric camper vans, so that's great. Yeah, it's exciting. All right, if you guys have any questions, put them them right now because we're going to start right away answering them. All right, let's hit it. Uh, first question, Bike Angelus says, what models are you most looking forward to seeing for sale in the U.S.? I think that was around the Tesla time, so mm. maybe we're, we're talking about Tesla. No, I think it's probably, it's probably general. Okay. Uh, I mean, we just talked about the Ionic 5. I think that's, that's going to be a big deal. But, like, what, what do you mean, like, looking forward? Like, uh, I'm looking... I, the Ionic 5, I'm mainly looking forward, like, how well it's going to do in the U.S., but from what I'm seeing right now, they're they're not planning to release that much volume allocation to Hyundai dealership in the U.S. So they're gonna sell everything they they get here, uh, but maybe like in the next year or two, once we're more settled in with the the volume, we get the Hyundai Five, you get the IV the EV6, you get a lot of those vehicles in. Like the, the market's gonna start looking very very nice at, at that point. Uh, the Cybertruck, I'm super excited to, <laughs> to be right. honest. Like it's a, it's an exciting truck. Rivian. Yeah, well, it's already technically on the market. F-150. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of excited about third row. Like, uh, you know, a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I would get an EV, but they don't have a third row. 
Like, well, what about a Tesla Model Y? That's not, you know, it's not big enough. So more options with like a third row. I think more options, maybe off-roading would be nice. Uh, You know, obviously the Rivian is a good candidate there. Um, I mean, the Model X wasn't a bad third row, but uh, now it's just so expensive. Like when it was like $80,000, like, I mean, it's still expensive. I'm not saying that's a cheap vehicle, but... I mean, there's a plenty of eighty thousand dollars SUV out there. Like these, these sell more than you would think. Like this, you, right. you can you can ramp up at Cadillac. Uh, you can ramp up uh, a lot of. Uh, of oh yeah, the, the lyric will be cool whenever that. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of, you're right. But yeah, the third row. Um, I mean, the model Model X. Like right now, you're not going to be able to get one. Mm-hmm. And when you are able to get one, they're they're quite expensive. Mm-hmm. There needs to be like a less expensive one. On the other side of the spectrum, um, we've been waiting for like a a Mazda Miata type of, you know, roadster, you know, old school roadster type of uh, EV. Um, it looks like the Porsche Boxster might be coming out next year. That's That'll be fun to see. Yeah. Porsche Boxster. Vehicle like the Aptera, if they can actually get it to production, that's really exciting too. Yeah, like just cool. a super efficient vehicle. Like I, I do like this this new like this resurgence of like hyper efficiency that happened a few times in the auto industry. Like you remember the uh, Volkswagen one that they had at some point. I forget the XL. I want to say the X one or XL Volkswagen that that had the rear uh, rear wheel covers and everything. Like there's been a lot, some waves of efficiency, but with this electric vehicle resurgence that we're seeing right now, revolution. It's uh it's coming with the efficiency. It's fun. All right, EB1888 says, what? No upgrade to the suspension, please. Aftermarket is 2500 and more. Talking about the Model 3 yeah. uh, upgrades we saw. I agree. I think the suspension really could use a, you know, I mean, keep the one you have, but, like, offer a premium model. You know, a lot softer, yeah. a lot uh, more premium. There was nothing about the suspension in there? I don't think so. It's just I mean, the mic that quite, been, it just wasn't any details on it, but uh there's quite a bit in there. Yeah, you're right. I don't see any suspension stuff. Lift gate, but that's the that's the trunk. No, he's right, no suspension stuff. Oh well, twenty twenty three. All right. Will they also be making a model three in Berlin and Texas? Yeah, apparently that's that's the plan. But uh, Model Y is so much more popular than Model Three right now that uh, it's not the it's, it's not the next vehicle in line. Like it might it might be the next vehicle in line in Europe uh, at Gear Factory Berlin, but in Texas, once the team has managed to ramp up Model Y production, they shift to Cybertruck. Then after that, uh, maybe uh, maybe Model Three. Greg Poland says, "Is the Model Three and AMD update for China better than the current American Model 3? Uh, it is in the, the screen, but I've seen YouTube about China update difference and previous chips seems really slow compared to what I see in my model three. Uh, I, think, uh, I think it's the same chip. Like, uh, it should be the Intel on both. Yeah. Intel things. Atom. Yeah. Should be Intel Atom. So you, it might be your perspective when you're seeing the Intel Atom chip against the reason, like against that, it's super slow. But you actually might be getting the same experience. Again, of course, like this this is what they were showing. Like the big differences with, were with the 
data EV app, like the, 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 the YouTube or the YouTube equivalent in China and everything. Uh, but the, I don't know how much you use that. I know I don't use them that much or at all, really, most of the time, like every now and again. But the navigation thing, I do experience the lag on it, like in the Chinese model. All right, Greg Poland says, do you think the price of the quad motor Cybertruck will be under the $79,000 limit of the Build Back Better bill? Uh, I don't think so. What about you? Um, no, I mean, it would be smart for Tesla to do it. Uh, and it is $10,000 more expensive than uh, than the, what they were quoting the, the tri-motor version. But again, that was pre-pandemic. That was in 2019. That was pre-supply chain issues. That was pre-inflation. Uh, or I mean, there was always inflation, but pre uh, like out of this world inflation that we're seeing right now. So so yeah, I mean, it would be hard to do probably, but maybe they do it and then they they do it and you can get it for seventy nine thousand dollars. But that's like a pair, like you don't get any new option on it, like any other option. You can then quote it easily to hundred thousand dollars with a few more options. All right, Roller20 asks uh, price prediction for the Ionic 5 and the EV6. Like uh, base price, what do you think? Uh, before incentives, I'm going to say base price is 48. What do you think? On the on the rear uh, rear wheel drive version? Yeah, is that high? Uh, yeah. It's kind of premium. I, yeah, I mean, I would. I, I think I think they would do a lot better. Like try to get under 45. Um. So in the forties, if they if they come close to fifty, I think they're gonna have a tougher time competing competing against the Model Y. And, That's and, true, you know, and they those. could they could disable things like the uh, rear, you know, the reverse charging and mm. a lot of the interior stuff as well. Yeah. No, I think the rear wheel version is gonna come under forty five, like that. Between forty and forty five would be a, would be a great mark. I will uh, say, um, I did get to drive the uh, Ionic five in uh germany and it was super cool inside super mm-hmm. cool outside not super powerful like uh yeah. really kind of like like really i was so excited to drive it and then i walked out of there and i was like Ugh. well again you're coming from a guy that drives a tesla all the time you got right. you drive electric vehicles all the time and you've driven a lot more like high-end electric vehicles because that's what's been available in the market for so long but keep in mind someone that buys mid-range vehicles Coming from gasoline car, they come to this. This this is actually powerful for them. Or like not like the, that big of a difference. Yeah, actually, we had just come from driving the uh, Mercedes EQS on the autobahn at like, <laughs> like 120 miles per hour. A hundred and twenty thousand dollar car. Right. So yeah, that's that's actually not so surprising. Yeah. Um, and then the EV6 will probably be similar. Uh, maybe a little bit more of a premium. In the EV6? I don't know. I do like the, the design even more of the EV6, I think, than the, I do with the Ionic 5. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Will we ever see a 3Y Plaid? What do you think? Hmm. I, I think Elon previously said that the Plaid is going to be just for like mole S, small uh, Roadster, mole X, I guess. Um. But it would be it would be awesome. I mean, the model, especially a Model Three, like a, a lighter, like a, you have the, the the Plaid Model S, like it's incredible car, super powerful. But it's like a five thousand pound car. Like you've never seen a five thousand pound car that has this kind of power. Like it's it's 
it's hard on the brakes. It's hard on the suspension. It's hard on everything. It's hard on the handling. Like the fact that it handles as good at five thousand pounds is 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 like impossible almost. So yeah, to see like a smaller car, a lighter car, get this super kind of performance on it, uh, that that would that would be fun. But I mean, to be honest, like I have a performance model three, and I'm like, do you, do I need more than that? I'm like, not really. Yeah, the tires also take a beating on that. Yeah. You have to replace them after like 500 miles. Yeah. All right. Uh, any cars coming on the market under 30K without U.S. incentives that have 200 miles on battery? Well, now you're, you're talking about the only grail of electric vehicles here. I, I think a Leaf is kind of close to that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you want it's got Chatamo. Uh Yeah. What else is down lower price? Maybe that new mini that Jamie just posted. Yeah, I need to watch that post and to, re- to read that post. I haven't done it yet. Uh, no, I mean, it's uh, you have to keep in mind, I say, even without incentive, gas savings are a thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Electric vehicles are more expensive, but you have to look at the ownership uh, cost, the total cost of ownership, and it makes sense to, for it to be a little bit more expensive. So 30000 is harder for electric vehicles. And and I mean thirty five thousand is is harder these days because of the inflation, supply chain issues, and everything. So, um, I think in a few years we're going to see that the famous twenty five thousand dollar Tesla supposedly coming, and uh, Tesla says that they don't deliver cars with less than two hundred miles of range. So maybe that's going to be something for you. But uh, the timeline on this, we're supposed to see it next year. It's supposed to come by 2023, I think. It's, it doesn't sound realistic to me. But we what never is, know. What is the Chevy Bolt going for? Like the, the regular base price Chevy Bolt once they fix the batteries. Isn't that like around 30000 Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I but, don't know. I don't, I don't follow new Chevy Bolts a lot these days because... It's it's not really happening. I mean, yeah. you know, you know the, the crazy thing I've heard this week. Like, I couldn't confirm it, so don't don't quote me on that. But I, I've heard that they are even like uh, they are discarding some some units that they don't have the batteries for. Just throwing them away. Yeah. Ugh. Just like back in the EV one days. Uh, this this. Uh, Just- I, oh, I cannot confirm so it. If you guys know anything about it, let me know. I would definitely like to look into that because that would be a big a big deal. I think. But if if it's true, it's uh, it's massive. So you know my email. Shoot me an email if you know anything about that. But other than that, that's gonna be it for this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. Big thanks for everyone that listened live and after the fact too. Uh, if you do like the show, please give us a thumbs up on YouTube or uh, like on Facebook or wherever you're watching. If you're listening to the audio version podcast, please leave us a five star review on your podcast app. That helps the show tremendously. We appreciate it every time. Um, that's it. Have a safe week.